Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this beautiful Saturday, the 11th of April. I'm Keith Feltner-Smith. He is Ty Delbridge. What up? And you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. Keith, if these listeners are trying to find us on social media, where can they find us at? They can always write us at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, maybe someday other things. But, you know, right now we've got other things to do with our time and sign up for TikTok. But, Ty. <laughs> I did hear that that <laughs> might even be like a Chinese hack to get into us. So maybe people shouldn't have a TikTok. That's oh, a conspiracy oh. theory, theory I heard on yes. the Joe Rogan podcast. So it's, it's that's for another time. Happening. That's for another things. <laughs> Besides that, let's say they don't want to get on social media and they'd rather send an email. Where can they send us emails? We take all the emails from... 1942 to 2022. And it's never going to let it go. Pass all the way to the future, man. Trailcasters at gmail.com. <laughs> no, I don't think he's ever going to let that one go. No, and email this, from 1942. <laughs> and what should these listeners be doing with this podcast on whatever platform they are listening Five to? Five stars! There we go. Or Cinco stars based off a TV show I've been watching, but we'll talk Cinco about that gracias, later. Senor. And these awesome beats that they are currently listening to, where can they be found? These beats can always be found from Odar at soundcloud.com slash Odar Beats. Please always support your local artists as well as uh, any other beat makers, uh, supporters of industry, such as Clearly Speaking. Brandon Nuckton over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com has supported the Trailcasters from day one. She's a licensed speech and hearing pathologist. She can help you with stutters, with speed, any sort of uh, accent reduction, any sort of ums, uh, accelerated speech, which is the one that I'm still clearly working on. But go and check out Brennan Nuckton over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. She can help you out with all that. Uh, again, Brennan Nuckton at where, Ty? That's clearly speaking... Uh, with Oregon.com that I need yes. to get to as well. <laughs> we're both working on it. Hey, that's that's what we're here for, man. Clearly speaking, Oregon. Oregon ah, clearly speaking, Oregon.com. Michael Bodmer, <laughs> what, what's the website? What did you think it was? Did you get any of that? Yeah, clearly speaking, Oregon.com. See, he nailed it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our Portland boy, quarantined away from home down in LA, producer of ESPN's The Jump with Rachel Nichols. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Michael Bodmer. Thanks for joining us, man. Of course. Happy to have some excitement and human interaction today. <laughs> yes. Dude, honestly, I I mean, I'm surprised how busy I've gotten without work and without all the basketball and everything else going on. But time gets filled up to the point that it's been hard to even podcast weekly, man. And and it is. It's really nice to see people's faces. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, living here with my wife, I'm lucky that I have someone else to spend my time with. But not everyone is that fortunate. But, yeah, good to see both of you, uh, even though Ty... Still really can't see you. I can hear you. You're kind of the voice of God thing going, but shout out to your brother for breaking the laptop over there. Yep. He broke the front camera, so now you guys will never, or not never see my pretty face until I get a new <laughs> laptop here. So, you know, we'll just get the voice for now. The mystery has been solved, though. I feel good knowing that it's, uh, I can't blame yes. you for it, I guess. So. Yes. No, I will not <laughs> take responsibility for this one. Uh, actually, I got to say, too, Michael, I was giving you a shout out before the show started here. You're looking very Portland over there, man, for uh, for L.A. living. You got a lot of a uh, lot of scruff going on. I'm proud of you, sir. Yeah, I got a scruff. <laughs> I'm growing out my mustache for the first time ever. Um, Is I this like know, a quarantine I, beard? I, I don't know. I'm pretty late to the mustache game. I only started being able to grow facial hair like five years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, th- I think I'm I think I'm making up for lost time. I'm like Bonzi Wells in the facial hair game. It's like, <laughs> It just just doesn't come in. Uh, So, Ty, we know you have one brother, like you said. Michael, do you have siblings, brothers and sisters? I have two older brothers, yeah. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Youngest. Uh, sorry, I can't remember if we talked about that last time you were on here. Boy, it's only been two months. It feels like it's been forever since we had you on. Yeah. Uh, but I also have two brothers. I am the oldest of the three. <laughs> two two direct brothers. I also have two older half siblings. But and I consider well. myself. I have oldest. one more brother as well. I have I have two brothers. Nice. Right here. All three of us are children. Uh, th- um, three children family. That's kind of you know, what, are the, what are the chances there? I guess pretty like common because that's kind of the average American. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what I was saying though about the brothers, my youngest brother and I have the full beard. You know, it's kind of a, a funny way to put it. It's the mom's side of my family. Uh, all of her brothers had very full Irish kind of beards going. My dad, however, uh, has jet black hair still, but almost no facial hair. And my middle brother Carter, shout out to him, hey! uh, has. You know, he, he's got kind of, he's got the, I like to call it the pirate beard, where he's got the mustache and the chin scruff and a little bit yeah. of kind of some scriggles in between, but it's not connecting. And it looks awesome when he grows it out. It's very, I feel like right now he probably has a wonderful quarantine beard going. Uh, but, you know, Bodmer, you got nothing to worry about, man. You're connected over there. I can see that filling Thanks, in. Bro. Yeah. You should let it go. Looking <laughs> sharp. Thank you. Uh, Ty, I think, I, again, can't see your face. I feel like you're more on the pirate beard. I, uh... Had a lot of scruff with my beard going out, and I just recently shaved it. I trimmed it down a little bit, but my oh. hair—I have my hair really long, and I've never had my hair this long before, so I'm not really know what to okay. do with it. And it's really starting to bug me, starting to get down into my eyes and down my neck, and I—I I feel like I have a mullet, but I don't have a mullet. I don't think <laughs> I'm built for long hair. I'm not made for long hair, so I need to get oh, to man. ASAP. Whenever I can. Now hold on, because I, I feel like I saw you on Instagram the other day, and I, I feel like it's less of a mullet, more of kind of the like the '90s emo rocker look. That was like, like right after I worked out, so I was sweaty. It was, <laughs> it, it had looked wet. When it's dry, it looks like I have kind of a mullet, and I got like party in the front. Or no, what is it? It's it, or it's business in the front and it's Bus- party in the yeah. back. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> yeah, what yeah. I look like right now, and I'm not even trying to. So I wear oh, hats. Man, if you're gonna. Daily. If you're gonna go, uh, if you're gonna get it cut down though, you gotta do this yourself. So we're talking like you gotta go like apocalypse, uh, apocalypse, shaved kind of buzz head thing, or you're gonna go like faux hawk, mohawk kind of thing. What's your what's your choice? What's your style? I don't know. I think I'm just gonna get it down short. I got a lot of friends who uh, who, who are like hair people, so like I know they mostly do women's hair, but I'm gonna tell them, hey, I know you have the skills to at least make me look sharp, at least trim this long hair out because it's starting to get to that length now. So I need to do something with it. I'm getting I'm getting tired of it. It's really starting to itch, and it's hot, and I'm just, I'm done with it. (laughs) Michael, you're over there disguising with the hat, too. I can see you kind of covering up, but you got the long hair going, too. You kind of letting it go? Um, Honestly, I don't even know what to do, guys. My wife wants to cut my hair, but (laughs) there's there's no way in hell I'm going to let her. So I'm just going to ride this out as long as I can. Oh man, no trust, huh? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I get I get lucky, man. My hair grows super fast, so I've I've let my wife cut it down, and uh, you know I m- cut it down as in like we're going with the clippers on the side and just let the kind of the faux hot go up top. Yeah, yeah. But it it fills in. Did either of you guys see Preacher? You see that show on AMC a while ago? Uh huh. No. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, well, let's let's talk some shows here. But let me just start out with Preacher. It's you know it's not on now, but I think they had three or four seasons, and it's it's weird. It's a weird show. Starts out about kind of this, you know, season one is kind of the question of like, where is God? He took a break from heaven. He's down on earth somewhere. Uh, but it's not a religious show. Again, it just gets very strange. At one point you see God in a kind of BDSM dog suit with like a 
gas or a dog mask or other never mind it's not this is really not a very describable show at all but i recommend it check it out if you want something strange right now you have all the time to watch it and it's it's yep. a good ride uh anyway yeah that was that was a reference to hair but that doesn't really matter let's talk tv shows uh and i know we have some that we've already kind of touched on and you guys have connected on but let me ask first michael westworld hmm. yay or nay uh i have not seen westworld yet it's kind of sci-fi right yeah, you're not a sci-fi guy. Not normally. Like, I uh, it takes a lot for me to get into sci-fi, but it's like, <laughs> like I, I I've never seen Avatar. Me either. Oh, I haven't seen Avatar either. What? <laughs> I haven't seen what it. What the? I know. And I like I never see any of the Star Wars that come out. And I'm I'm not saying they're oh bad. Oh my movies. god. I'm not saying they're bad movies. They're just they're just not for me. I don't know, man. Oh, you're I, like our generation. To, what about the old Star Wars? Have you not seen those? Oh, uh, I've seen all the old Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so you can you can put you can put your pitchforks away on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy, man. Look, I mean, I I don't know. I I definitely am more on the the sci-fi, you know, uh, fantasy nerd side of things for sure. And I'm an absolute nerd about film and everything too. So when I get into like, oh, I like this franchise or I like this stuff, I see all of it. I look into all the details in the background. Uh, so I'm probably not the best judge of like, oh, how come you haven't seen this? Uh, man, and oh, this hurts. I want to recommend Westworld, but if you haven't seen any sci-fi, this is not a a first time around the bases kind of uh, TV show. Yeah, it gets yeah, a little mental, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun though. God, oh, man, and Ty, you haven't even started yet either, right? Nope, I haven't okay. started. I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan. I can get into it if needed. Um, yeah, Fine. I uh, or like Star Trek's. I've I've never even seen one glimpse of Star Trek, just besides on the Big Bang oh. Theory when they yeah. show. Yeah, me of it. <laughs> I, I only I only see Star Trek when like when I was like 13 years old and like it would come on after the right. Simpsons at 5:30. Yeah, like, yeah, like a, <laughs> just, uh, Voyager or Deep Space Nine. The ones were just yeah. like on TV after. Yeah, I remember that yeah. as well. <laughs> right, right. Before, okay, fine. Uh, right before Mash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, fine. Let, let's let's talk about shows that you guys actually like, I guess. And and please be kind here, because I'm have i the one that has not caught up on Ozark. It sounds like both of you have gone through with this one already. You got yeah. all the new ones? Yep, fantastic show. No spoilers, but it is... Uh, Spoiler-free! Fantastic show. I think Jason Bateman does an amazing job for him to come from mostly seeing him in like these comic roles and then now seeing him in this more serious role. He's, uh, he's fantastic. So I recommend it to a lot of people. Yeah, it's, fun. it's a great show. Everything, Michael, everything about it's perfect. What else were we talking about? Be, be, uh, There's another show besides Ozark that you said you just went back and binged from season one. Oh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, yeah. So I didn't actually binge it again. Like I, oh, I'm, I'm obsessed with Breaking Bad. Like I think it's the greatest show ever. That's just my opinion. Yes. I love it. It's, it's, and, it's uh, up there. It's up there. Um. So like, I kind of felt like. I was going to be cheating on Breaking Bad if I watched Better Call Saul. I don't, it was like, the, even though it's both Vince Gilligan or whatever, I was like, there's no way, I, <laughs> there's no way it's going to compare. I don't want to watch it, but I finally just gave in. And it, it's like, it doesn't try too hard at all to be in the same vein as Breaking Bad, but you still see like some of the filming style. It's a great show. I love it. Yeah. I have yet to watch uh, and, Breaking Bad. I think I need to watch it. Yeah. Oh my okay. gosh. Wait. Ty, you, you haven't watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Neither. Oh, my gosh. Bro. So what happened That's is not I was even planning sci-fi. on watching it. I know. I was planning on watching it. <laughs> and then my high school year, I think in my senior year, we were doing finals for this not 
like important class. I think it was like clay or something like that. And then so my buddy was watching it on his phone and he watched the finale and I was sitting right next to him. So I kind of saw what happened at the <laughs> end and I can't oh, get it man. out of my head. So like, I kind of know what happens at the end. It so doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Just that. Yeah. The journey, the journey to get you there is still phenomenal. Okay. You got, yeah. yeah, I'm really, I'm really envious that you haven't seen that show. Okay. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I love good TV shows. Obviously, and no. Oh yeah. Like, you you should you should hang up on this podcast and you should go watch it right, <laughs> <now>. <laughs> right after so we're well, there you so go damn. yeah and like i mean i am I'm, I'm with you as far as like breaking bad when i i was late to see that one i was watching dexter when breaking bad and dexter both came out at the same time and dexter was kind of my primary show and man again so man we've been talking tv so many weeks michael we didn't talk dexter last time you were here right no uh, that was joe simons the other week no we didn't talk dexter yeah, well, shout out to Joe. That was he was the one uh, that brought this up. But uh, have you seen Dexter? Yeah, yeah. I, I I saw Dexter before Breaking Bad as well, and I I was okay, convinced. Okay. I'm like, oh, Dexter's like the best show on TV. And then my dad right. was like, <laughs> my my dad was like, no, trust me, it's Breaking Bad. And he's like, all right, I'll give it a chance. And he yeah, was, he, he was definitely he was definitely right. Dexter let me down with a like like we were saying with Joe again halfway through after the first couple seasons that were so amazing they switched up kind of changed the writing style and all this and kind of ruined the show for a lot of us yeah. hardcore fans but uh, when I saw Breaking Bad yeah totally blew my mind it was an amazing show and you were talking about uh, with Ty having seen possibly the end of Bra- uh, Breaking Bad but not the rest and it doesn't really matter Better Call yeah. Saul is that same way where it's it's a precursor right it goes back right. and kind of shows you. It's like the story of a side character in Breaking Bad. And again, not trying to ruin any stories for anybody. But Better Call Saul, at this point, after having seen all these things, Better Call Saul is one of the all-time best-made shows out there, man. It's just, it's so well done. Like you said, it's yeah. it's absolutely beautiful in, in unconventional ways. And it never tries too hard to be Breaking Bad. But it's such similar filmmaking. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's really well done. Yeah. So, Ty, watch that one. All right. Go check I it out. I have another, my three-week schedule out now. Or, or, <laughs> I think it might even be less because I watch shows at an ungodly rate. It's right. I have a problem. Um, I can't leave on hip, on these cliffhangers. And now, like when I have access to the answers, it's just it's so bad. I am the problem. Have you guys Have you guys seen a show called uh, Dead to Me on Netflix? I've seen no. the name like when I've been scrolling, but I haven't like read anything on it or anything. It's really good. It's got um Christina really? Apple Christina Applegate. Okay, yeah. And um, what's that woman's name? She's in Grandma's Boy. She's in Freaks and Geeks. Linda something. Oh, uh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Linda Cardellini or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a great show. You guys should check that out. It's only, okay. one se- it's only one season so far. You can watch it in a day. It's so damn good. Okay, that's going on the list. You know, Probably actually, down. yeah, now that I'm looking at this, I think someone else recommend, recommended this to me recently as well. So, yeah, I'll have to check that one out, man. I, that's, uh, I'm that's curious. Really, it, really more, of a, more of like a fun, light comedy? Does it get dark? What's no, the story it's, a, it's like a, it's dark, but it is also comedy. So it's a dark comedy. Okay. Okay, lot, okay, I'll take it. A lot of murder involved. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, that's that's the trend <laughs> right now, man. That's what, You can't have a TV show without murder right now, I swear. Yeah, murder is super in. <laughs> 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 themes of society uh, <laughs> uh let's see what else we can, okay so oh uh, the, the other thing i was wanted to tie back to you real quick ty you mentioned you need like three weeks here i'm with you on the the rate of tv though man my wife and i we want we binge through shows like crazy we, we were talking about having binge through uh old episodes of uh better call Saul before the new episodes came out 
and now I have caught up on all those. Ozark, Ty, I know I wanted to catch up to, I guess, both you and Michael having watched through all the new episodes, but Abby and I just the other day went back and started season one because we watched like the recap for the start of season three here. And there was so much where I was like, oh, I kind of remember that, but not really. Oh. Dude, going Just go going on back Google and, watch it again. and read little blog posts that people do. They do fantastic oh, jobs are, at doing that. Look, man, if if I had work right now, I'd be totally in on I that. I guess that's but true. Right now, with, the, <laughs> with some of the time we have home, we're already like almost all the way through season one. We started like just the other day rewatching it, man. And honestly, there's so much good stuff in here. It's such a well-made show. Uh, just like Better Call Saul, I'm in on this. So... Maybe by next week, next episode, I will have caught up on Ozark and we can kind of break that one down more. And people, so, so here, I guess this is, your, this is your last chance, listeners. If you've uh, not caught up on Ozark, do it now because next week may not be spoiler free. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, yep. so next week we are talking endings and, and Ozark. So now a show I started a couple days ago and have got to season three is Money Heist on Netflix. Yes. Tell uh, us about this. So, I mean, so that show is freaking amazing. It has vaulted into my top four, top three shows of just all time already. And really? I don't think it's even been a week. Uh, yeah, it's so good. Uh, so, the, I mean, like the one little thing is it is a Spanish show. So use subtitles because don't use the American voiceovers that they use. They're so bad. It doesn't match the characters who are doing it. it it's so bad. Just, I mean, just read the subtitles. <laughs> I mean, like it takes one episode to get used to and it's fine. And it's freaking amazing. Like I can't even really even explain it. I recommend it to anybody right now and i'm about to get into season i'll let's see i started season three last night which is what uh friday night and i started like on tuesday and i'm gonna how many seasons finish. Are there? uh they just put the fourth one out on friday okay last friday and that's when i saw it on netflix when i was scrolling and it was like new season of this and i was like what is this show and then i watched it and then i heard and then I think I had it like on American. And I was like, this sounds weird. Like, what's with this show? So I Googled it and then I read on Reddit. Like, yeah, yeah like just do it with subtitles. And it is, it's so good. So that is, I recommend right now. Like that's my number one show I'm recommending to anybody. Let me, let me ask this real quick about that. As far as the subtitles thing, are either of you bothered by subtitles really? Does that, no. does that interfere with the no. movie watching experience? No, because I use them for everything. So like for me, this doesn't yeah. really bother me too much because I use them for everything because it makes it easier because there's just sometimes like where guys mumble or they just like us they go fast and i don't know what they said so it's nice <laughs> to have subtitles i'll say this i don't use them for comedies as much i like it, it ruins a punchline maybe right like, that is uh, true yeah i want to check this one out it sounds like it's a it looks like money heist is a like you know a, a bank heist movie i'm reading a, a little heist uh, tv little tv show four parts they oh, say yeah, so uh, that's seasons show, yeah so it's a bank heist um and they're trying Wait, to only four episodes or no it's four parts so it's like four seasons because I, I think that's what they call their seasons over like in your i don't know if they oh, do okay. parts so the first part is 13 episodes and i think the oh, second okay. and third are nine and then i think the fourth one's 10 or 12 or i don't know nice okay yeah so averages out to that 10 episode season that sounds about right that's yeah and there is like yeah, there's just so much in each episode that, like, it's amazing. So, yep, I recommend it right now. It's so good. That is, I, I mean, like, I can't wait to finish it and then maybe even rewatch it and then try and catch stuff that I missed because there's just so much in it. Because that's what I did with Game of Thrones because there's so much stuff with Game of Thrones that I, like, rewatched it and, like, caught little key pieces that I missed before when I went through it. So that's always fun to do. Absolutely. Yeah, like, re there's a lot of value. If the show is made well, 
there's definitely going to be value in going back and checking it out again. And let me just end on that one. Bring this back to Westworld. I know neither of you have gone to it yet, <laughs> but that show is one where just just get through the first season and then rewatch the first season. I swear, like, and that's what I'm saying, Michael. It's, don't let it be yeah, the yeah. first sci-fi you get into, but it's good. Like when you can, when you when you build up to that level, it's such a good show. And in season three now that they've got going on, there's so many not obvious or like blunt or blatant comparisons, but they, they really make you think about society and kind of the way that things are stacked against certain people based on economic and other uh, uh, factors. Let's just leave it at that, you know, without getting too deep into all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It really makes you think. Yeah. I'll check it out. I asked uh, over on Twitter, we were asking, does anyone have any quarantine stories so far? Uh, anything as far as what's keeping them sane at home? And our guest last week, Cassidy Gemmett, she wrote in, uh, Shout out to her, hey! friend of the show and co-host of the Blazes Edge Pod with uh, another friend of the show, Tara Bowen Biggs. She said, I told my parents I'd been drinking a lot of coconut water. They dropped off four cases of it at my door. I feel like 2014 LaMarcus Aldridge. And she had a nice picture in there of LaMarcus with the, uh, I was the Vita Coco water. Do you guys remember that? The, like the, the pouches? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, man. I, I'm not sure if... Uh, I don't know how horrible that is, Cassie. I feel like I'd be pretty down to have a bunch of coconut water at the house. Keep me hydrated. I've been trying to drink more water because I heard at one point someone was saying if you're trying, especially if you're trying to lose weight, you should be drinking as many ounces of water a day as pounds of body weight. So uh, I don't know if I can get up to like 200 ounces of water a day. That's a lot of water, but I'm going I'm to work on it. Uh, all right, what, what are you doing, Michael, to stay fit and healthy down there in L.A.? Um... I, uh, I've been going on bike rides. My wife and I, we go on some walks. We shoot some hoops. Um, nice. There's like a little turf area outside our apartment. So I've been trying to land. I've been golfing and trying to land some wiffle balls. And like, nice. <laughs> um, I also try to brush my teeth early in the night so I don't get tempted to eat later. Whoa, that's, oh my God, you just blew my mind. That's brilliant because I'm <laughs> Ooh, so bad at midnight smart. snacking. Especially because I'll stay up late playing like video games and all that. I'm so bad about like not brushing my teeth till one in the morning because I want to have you know, one more white claw or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Like, uh, you don't realize how much you move around, even if you have like an office job, but you're like moving around, grabbing lunch, parking, like all yep. this stuff. And man, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to become a fat ass. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a polar bear in general, uh, where I tend to, I can get fit in the summers when I'm moving around and healthy outside when the weather's nice, but when it hits cold weather and rainy and gray and I just want to stay inside playing games and watching movies, I pack on the pounds quick. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm trying to avoid it, but yeah, I'm, I'm determined right now to not let this happen in spring as well just because we're shut in. But what yeah. do you think, Ty, uh, in following with Cassidy's uh, coconut water drop-off, what is kind of your key? What are you doing to, to stay healthy, stay fit over there? Who I uh, I've been working out a little bit. I have uh, like a little weight bench here and like some dumbbells. So I've been doing that as I've been watching Netflix. Uh, we have a treadmill. Been running watching on that. Netflix is not part of staying healthy, my friend. We're as I'm going. working out, as I'm working out, oh. you know, I got it going. <laughs> Keep me going there. Nice. Uh, nice taking one. the dogs for some walks. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, I I'm not the best eater but i don't eat a lot so like as long as i can get something in me around noon that's good like a chicken sandwich or like a just a sandwich with like whatever i can usually go the rest of the night without snacking too hard maybe some crackers so uh i'm trying to yeah not go because what is it last sunday i get pretty bad migraines when i eat like crap or like too much Ooh. dairy and stuff and last saturday i, I ate like crap 
and I was like, I'll be fine. <laughs> and then Sunday, I had a really bad migraine after eating like a bunch of cookies and pop tarts and donuts because my oh man, because my family decided to buy all that stuff, and then they just left it on the kitchen table. So I just walked by. I'm like, oh donut, oh walk by, oh pop tart, oh no donut, oh that. And I'm like, oh god, that so is that like the best healthy. curse in the world. That's like the best curse in the world, Ty. I want that affliction of migraines when I eat too much sugar, dude. I'm. You know what? You know <laughs> what? Shout out to my wife, Abby. She loves hey! having chocolate or other candy in the house, and I love it too. But the problem is portion control, and I'm, I'm so not, bad at that. I, I cannot stop not, eating it. Uh, like, yeah, I don't have the willpower. I will eat everything. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's really it, guys, for me. Any other quarantine stories you want to share? Anything like what Cassie was saying with her coconut water? Anything else you want to throw in here? Uh, and I, I wish that's... I had excitement where I was getting coconut water delivered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like your uh, your local golf course you're talking about, your wiffle balls out the uh, – wait, is that off of, like, back deck or something you're saying? Uh, I'll, I'll send you guys a pic. It's pretty dope. There's, like, some <laughs> – and we just got a pitching wedge and some wiffle golf balls, and we're trying to land it in a crate and barrel crate and barrel bucket. <laughs> that's perfect dude i love it uh my wife uh is an occupational therapist up here and so she's been doing like telehealth calls with a lot of her clients and one thing she's trying to help kids do at home when they can't be getting out uh is she's having the parents set up like a local or kind of an in-house ninja warrior or jungle gym course where they're taking like rolled up towels or laundry and things and doing just nothing like actually like a jungle gym but getting you to move your feet around just like setting up zigzags or kind of like almost like a, a hopscotch pattern and that kind of thing and so I feel like yours, Michael, is a little more of the uh, the adult version. Send him like the home yeah. golf course like that. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk some NBA, guys. Uh, the latest, it sounds like, you know, if we start on the wide scope here, it sounds like the biggest thing is we all need to maybe grow to accept that the NBA season of 2019-20 may be over. They, they, they are still not entirely, I think, committing to that. There's still ideas of like, oh, how could we possibly play a shortened playoff season? But I did hear a lot of reports from the NBA that they're starting to embrace cancellation, not just suspension. Uh, in my opinion, this is the right thing to do. I don't think we can really, with all the information that's out there now, I don't think that we could expect to come back soon enough to start the season and also late enough to be healthy for the country, the masses, and the world. Would either of you disagree with that? Or like, are either of you pushing for the NBA to come back? Have you heard anything where you think they're really pushing for some sort of like shortened playoff format? Uh, what do you think, Michael? Anything you've heard down in LA? Uh, nothing that I've heard. Um, I know they're doing everything that they can, but there's a lot of pessimism surrounding it. Uh, personally, the vibe I get, they're not going to restart the season. Um, right. Which in the grand scheme of things sucks. But yes. as as Trailblazer fans, at least we don't have to see the Lakers win a championship this year. <laughs> see the bigger Love picture it. here. So yes. that's yes. that's how, that's how that's how I'm looking at it. I, I suddenly hear cheers from the Rose Garden just on that <laughs> note. Like this is not a Lakers championship season. It, like there was we were making references to um, shout out to Brian No and Eric uh, Ringer over at the day job at NBC. Uh, hey, hey. They had to shave their eyebrows because the Blazers didn't win. 47 this season and for a while it was that kind of thing like ah, ah the season didn't end you know they didn't not win 47 and you know they they gave him they did the right thing but uh yeah it's it's nice to it's nice to not have the worst ending i guess is the, the reference i'm trying to make there the lakers championship would probably be about the worst icing on on the cake of this uh this season so far yeah, i don't it, know i'd rather almost see it than not have basketball in a way i wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it I live in LA, guys. I live. That's true. He has to deal with way more, way worse than us. Oh yeah. Oh man. I just want basketball. 
No, yeah, that's I'm, a great point, though, man. I mean, I would, I would rather have basketball than no basketball. I'm just trying to look at this as glass half full. So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. I don't think the Bucks can beat the Lakers. I don't think the club. I don't trust Paul George to be, to be the second best player against LeBron and AD. Uh, I'm with you. How about this too? As far as glass half full, the Blazers technically did not miss the playoffs this year. We could have still been fighting for that unlikely eighth seed. Okay, yeah, no, let's just leave that one. Well, yeah, also, at least now we didn't. <laughs> we, at least now we didn't waste the year of Damian Lillard's prime. Think of it that way. Hey, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I also have heard some things about not just uh, as far as the end of this season, but the draft for next year. Right? Obviously, one of the other things that would be affected by this uh, the cancellation and the pushback. A lot of teams have been pushing to move the draft no earlier than August 1st has kind of been the quote that I think I saw from Woj. Uh, they are also asking for at least a month to prep before games are played. So we're talking don't have the draft any earlier than August 1st. And when we do eventually all come back to play ball and, and fill arenas again, they want at least a month of time between, yes, you can come back and be healthy together and actually playing this season. That pretty much seals it, right? Like, is there any question left that this this season is over, hopefully on to the next one without too much delay? I think that's basically it. You just got to try and look about, like, just saving the future now and not wrecking the future right. just to save this season. It's about, yeah, trying to maybe just, yep, this it happened. Like, it wasn't just us. Like, it was just a wild time, and we'll just accept it, and we'll just be a fun time in history, and we'll move on, and we'll try and get to next year and have a full season next year and try and double our money or do some special things to get extra. I don't know what they're going to do, but yeah, I think they're probably looking for the future. Uh, I hope that is the case and I hope they can figure it all out. So that works. Um, but I think the worst thing right now, uh, is they're talking about maybe not having football. And if there's no football, this country will probably riot. And that's when yeah. things, so that's things, I think that's when things will really pick up when you see these, uh, people down in Alabama and Georgia, and they don't have their college football, they're going to be the ones. I don't know. It's just things will really go haywire in this country if football gets canceled. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's uh, it's going to be a dark day. Like, you can't mess with Americans in football. Basketball <laughs> is one thing, but football is a different monster. That's funny, That's just man. so like, scary not... to even think about now. Like, for a well, while, like, I was like, yeah, no way. Like, yes, yeah, like, we'll have football in the fall. Like, this will all be over. But now they're like, yeah, maybe we'll have football, but, like, or maybe like we won't have any fans by then. I'm just like, oh God, when can this all be over? Yeah. And then I was so excited about the UFC that they were planning to do it, but then that got shut down. And now they're trying to eat, like buy an island, which is shout out to Dana White hey! for trying to do it. Uh, I love <laughs> so it. Ridiculous, man. I love that he's I just like, screw it. I'm gonna try and keep this thing going. I'll buy my own island, but uh, I just. Well, and what's the? I, I let me uh, jump in here, Ty. What, what, what's the latest on the big three too? Because that's the other group that we heard kind of trying to yeah. do some sort of. Big Brother Isolation House, where they wanted all the players to kind of come in and live there for canceled because they I mean, because I think it came down to having medical officials at these things for like essential reasons. And now, like, they're just sitting around waiting for someone to get hurt when they could be at the hospitals helping out. And I think there's just no way right now to even argue it. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I like, guess getting less. No, like, you, like, no, like we need everybody who knows what they're doing on this thing right now. So I think that is the like tipping point for most of this. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, one thing we have seen come in since we haven't had sports going on is the virtual sports. You guys, uh, we talked last time with Cassidy Gemmett on here. Shout out to her hey! about the incoming 2K tourney. I think when we talked with Cassidy, it was just before the tourney started up. Uh, and this is not the 
NBA 2K20 league uh, with the actual like pro gamer players. This is with the NBA players, just to be clear. And we had Hassan Whiteside facing Patrick Beverly in the first round. It was happening, I think, the day after we recorded. If Yo. anyone has not <laughs> watched this. <laughs> yeah. The dude, uh, Whiteside had the higher seeding, which is really weird about this because they, they seeded the, the players by their rating in 2K, not actually by their ability to play 2K. So Whiteside was this like high seed over Beverly. Very misleading and not, you know, informative at all. I'm not saying that Whiteside can't play. I think, I, again, we talked last week about how he and uh, Gary Trent, who, is, who definitely prides himself on his ability in 2K, he beat Gary Trent at one point. But, man, when it came to the TV version, he just, I think he got beat by 30 uh, from Patrick Beverly and Beverly, but my least favorite part of Beverly and honestly video gaming as well is the amount of trash talk. There was, there was no volume from Beverly in like the first quarter or so when the score was close. And as the game got further apart, he just could not get off the microphone. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a trash talker. Are either of you guys big on the trash talk in the game? Is that kind uh, of a, something you enjoy? Uh, uh, myself, I'm not a big trash talker, but I enjoy trash talk. Do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like, mean, like, it depends who I'm playing. I mean, like, my friends and yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking trash. I hate when they talk trash to me. It pisses me off. But watching Beverly do this to Whiteside, it was it was pretty funny. And then him continuing to do this, he is just fired up. And I think, I mean, like, it gets in people's heads. And it works. And it's fun to watch. I enjoy it. And it's fun to see guys who are masters at it go to work at it. Yeah, I, I'm not against the the trash talk as far as like like you said, Ty, between friends and if you guys are having fun. Uh, when it gets to the point though, where what what I feel like Beverly does, or what you know, again, when you're at the professional level, I don't know how much of this is about. Maybe yeah, sure, it's playing a factor as far as getting in their head. But I just feel like at a certain point, you're just trying to embarrass a dude. And the, look, how about this? Compared to what we saw Trey Young do with uh, 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 Ariza when uh when, when was that? It was Harrison Barnes. Oh, oh, you're talking about in real oh, life. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Oh, so, yeah, the other thing in the game. No, I'm talking about in real life, though. When Trey Young nutmegged Ariza, Ariza did not take that well, and he let him know. And it was a thing where we talked about on the show with that, too. After the game, Ariza's up in his face, and they're doing, you know, kind of a post-game interviews about it. That was about respect, saying, hey, you may do that in your games with friends and all this kind of stuff. You don't embarrass a peer in the professional league that way. In my mind, there's some sort of connection with that in trash talk, but I'm also not trying to I'm not trying to act like it's got to be totally clean that you have to be like shaking hands with everybody on the floor. You you that that mental edge is part of it. I, I agree with that. There's just certain lines to to not cross. And I feel like Beverly has no idea what those lines are. No. And for a guy like him, I think obviously he has a chip on his shoulder. He's a very motivated guy who came from a small college. I think he was undrafted. He's had to work his way up from the G League. He's been over in Europe. So like this is what has got him here so he's going to keep doing what has got him here he's not going to all of a sudden change like he is a chippy guy and he's going to get in your head and i think Whiteside, he's a pretty smack talking guy so yeah. i think he shut Whiteside up and then realized hey now this guy is probably in his head on national tv i'm smashing him i'm gonna continue it he's losing i mean it just works like like it's all about competitiveness i'm with yeah, it but yeah, yes, you, there are fine lines. Don't be like, cussing people out. Don't be talking about people's kids, parents, like personal stuff. But I think at that point, I think he's fine. He's just really loud, too, when he yeah. does it. 
and you're not wrong that it was effective. You could see Whiteside go from like up here at first when they're playing, and then in the more he was kind of like falling behind as gets down by like 30 points. And uh, sorry, Beverly's talking more and more. Whiteside is kind of like sinking back in the chair, kind of playing more and more from back. And maybe they were talking smack before, like through text messages, they could have like been stuff like that. Like we don't know how close those two are. So, well. Uh, let me let me contrast this with what we saw some of something that I saw in the quarterfinals actually. Uh, Montrez Harrell versus Derek Jones Jr. The reason that I kind of was drawn to this matchup was Harrell was playing as Portland. So I'm like, okay, let's let's watch this. Uh, it was a good game. Uh, I I thought like it was kind of cool watching the two of them play. Harrell ends up winning with Portland, and there was trash talk during the game. They're talking about like, what, what do you mean he shot that? Like the, you know, kind of like ragging on each other's choices and players and all the rest. But it was so much different than kind of what we saw with uh, Beverly and Whiteside as far as just kind of more... I mean, yeah, he wasn't cursing out the family, like you said, Ty. He wasn't, like, swearing all this, but he was just more toxic, I guess, in my mind. Again, I'm not nitpicking too much on what Beverly did. Mostly, I want to look at Harrell here and maybe kind of change directions. With Montrez Harrell picking Portland in the quarterfinals here, do you guys think... Would you give me, I guess, would you agree that the choice of teams, since you can only play each of these guys once uh, throughout the tournament, the choice of teams is kind of important as far as not just how they're playing in the game, but how they kind of see rosters, how they kind of like, would he be playing Portland if he didn't think Portland had a strong roster? Let's put it that way. No, he wouldn't pick them, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You I think, <laughs> I think they can look at it and go, yeah. Okay. Guys like Dame CJ. And then I think now they know they have mellow. They can just, there's three guys who they can just use and like try to score a ton of more points. So yeah. Like, or, but I mean, they're, might be a teeny weeny little bit of not recruiting, but that Let's aspect get of it. Blazers. Let's <laughs> get them on the Blazers. Come on. Yeah, you saw where it was going. <laughs> I know I know that was not a very good build up for it. But come on. I mean, is there is there not something about he thinks he obviously thinks Portland has a somewhat talented, potent roster here. Uh he was talking a lot of love for Nurk and Damon CJ. He's an unrestricted free agent next season. So I'm just saying, Blazer fans, if you want to go swarm at Monster and Trez he's on Louisville Twitter. Louisville with Anthony Simons, who was going to sign with Louisville. Okay, so there, you, there go. you go. <laughs> what, what do you think, Michael? Are we selling you that Montrez Harrell is going to be a Blazer next year? Yeah, <laughs> is he I, coming to Portland? I would love Montrez Harrell. We're bored, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, how good a defender he is because we need some defenders. But, I mean, him and Nurk on the front line would be amazing. I'd love That's that. A, that's a fair point. We need more defense overall, but I also feel like we just, as far as him being a legit power forward, right now we got Nurk at center, possibly Whiteside at center, Zach Collins at power forward, but wants to play center. So yeah, if we could get this dude in here who is just a legit like hustle, rebounding big man power power forward, forward I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, I think he could fit Portland. I don't think Whiteside's coming back. I'm officially jumping okay. on that boat. I will be, and I don't think the Blazers are going to bring him back. I don't think he doesn't choose to come back. I think the Blazers choose not to bring him back. What are you yeah. saying, Michael? I will be upset if we spend our cap space on Hassan Whiteside. When yeah. we're already- oh. Okay, okay. So let's just let's jump on that pivot then. So we definitely, I think, when we talked on here before, I think all three of us were pretty into the idea of the the two bigs, the the two the Nurkic Whiteside combo next year. But a lot of that was with the idea that we could have seen a sample this season at the end of after March 15th when Nurk was supposed to come back, get some idea of what Whiteside and Nurk would have looked like either in rotation together or possibly tie. I think you're we were hoping for the idea of maybe the two of them playing some minutes next to each other and seeing how that went is just kind of a different direction than most of the NBA right now with the three point shooting. But yeah, are so are we are all three of us just full on sold on we're, we're selling white side stock he is not going to be a blazer next year yeah I'm sell- yep I'm, with it. <laughs> I'm selling it boy i'm selling it and i'm hoping, i'm hoping not. 
Well, now they also got a little di different with just now like this long layoff and I think Nurkic now is I think they're gonna try and use Nurkic and Collins and build with that because now I mean like who knows what happens going forward but I'm not sure if that's all great if I put that fantastic but uh <laughs> I just think this delay now it's not gonna help Whiteside I think he needed to try and prove himself with this season but now I think now that he didn't get a chance to prove himself being able to play with Nurkic I think he's gone yeah I, I think that makes a lot of sense I think like I said uh we were really expecting to have kind of some small sample here at the end and i think a lot of that too was kind of like what you mentioned ty getting nurk used to the what his role was here and making sure that he was comfortable knowing that he's still the guy the center going forward but there definitely was some uh some questions we heard quotes from Whiteside in the past about he was really enjoying playing 30 minutes a game not the 20 or so that he was getting in uh, miami and nurk obviously while he might not be ready for 30 plus right when he comes back he doesn't want to be getting the lesser share of minutes. He wants to be the center. And we did. We definitely don't want to put Nurk in a situation similar to Denver, where he kind of got replaced by Jokic in a similar fashion. Jokic coming up from behind and usurping a lot of the minutes and Nurk suddenly feeling like he just didn't have a, a fit there. And that's what led to him getting traded here, obviously, but we don't want to be on the other end of that. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't I don't think uh, with Whiteside being the unrestricted free agent, that he is right now, I don't think there's a lot of chance that without that sample size, uh, that yeah, I don't I don't know if the team is going to want to take the risk. It's just too much of a price tag. Surprising. One of the other big combos, though, uh, not Blazer centric as much, but one of the other big kind of a uh, combos that may be breaking up this summer, or at least have uh, drastically changed with uh, our, our perspectives have changed from what they were only a short time ago, is Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert over in Utah. Uh, very central to the whole COVID crisis right now has been obviously Gobert, his whole microphone fiasco. And along with that, there was a number of articles and kind of uh, quotes and cases about kind of some rumors between Mitchell and Gobert, not maybe being, uh, not maybe having the closest relationship. And I think a lot of the Utah writers and some, there was some pushback uh, from Utah fans, I guess is the better way to put it, that players don't have to be best friends. They didn't have to be super close to be a good combo on the court. And that's fair. I get it. But uh, it sounds like Donovan Mitchell, as more things have come out, Donovan Mitchell may have been a little irked by Gobert's handling of the situation and maybe not being very uh, just careful uh, beyond just the microphone thing. Other case, other stories about Gobert going on kind of coughing or touching people in the locker room and just being very kind of petty or nonchalant about the stuff. What do you guys think? What's your impression, Michael? Uh with your kind of with your pulse on everything NBA down there uh, in LA, what's your feel with uh, Utah? Are we going to see a drastically different Jazz next year? I think so. Like it, I think it has to be a lot deeper than the coronavirus, whatever happened, like in the locker room and during that stretch, because the Jazz have been so bizarre this year. Like they came into the league as, or they came into the season, everybody was saying they're title contenders. And they've just been so damn inconsistent. They had like an 11-game winning streak and then like two separate six-game losing streaks. They've just been so hot and cold. And you've had Gobert complaining about not getting enough touches. There's times where Donovan Mitchell will come off a screen and roll and not lob it up to Gobert. There's a lot of weird stuff going on there that I think predates the coronavirus. Um, Donovan Mitchell's a he's a building block for that team. And Rudy Gobert isn't. I know Rudy Gobert is really good. Like... He completely changes games defensively, but he's not. You're not going to win a championship if you're giving him a super max, especially when Donovan Mitchell's track comes off and he's eligible to make like 25 million. I think you pivot now and you trade Gobert and see what you can get for him. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's strong words, but I, I can't disagree with you either. And I, I think it kind of reflects similar to what we said with Nurk and why I said up here, the value of the big man overall is a lot more conditional now than it was even a few years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, Ty, like we suggested earlier when we had a different, I mean, almost 180 degree view on Whiteside uh, than what we have now and what we just talked about. The idea that, well, the NBA is going small, the NBA is going towards fast, small lineups that can shoot a lot of threes. Let's be the team that pivots, takes two big men out there and just dominates inside. Well, like what kind of a opportunity could that give Portland? That may seem a lot less likely now as far as not just with uh, Y-side in the contract situation up here and trying to make sure Nurkic feels comfortable. But again, just like Gobert down there, the 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 big man is just so much more conditionally used in the NBA game uh, at this point. Uh, yeah, I just don't know if it's uh, if we're likely to see much of that two towers combo uh, ever again, at least not anytime soon. Yeah, I think that uh, could be going away. And then also with Donovan and Rudy, um, now there are like there might be like some hostility between them. And I mean, like I don't blame Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he has every right to be pissed off. Um, so yeah, I think this is going to be really weird for the Jazz and something they probably weren't planning on having to really deal with like even like a month ago or now it seems like a month ago like maybe like a month and a half ago because we have been done for a month now which is just wild uh but yeah this is a weird uh, thing they have to deal with now i, w- I want to oh sorry time i cutting you off no you're good uh michael i wanted to touch on something else you said too i totally agree that donovan mitchell is the building block for utah going forward despite gobert being maybe more of the polished developed player so far again just a lot of that is about the big man and donovan mitchell is just maybe the easier piece to build around do you have any idea where you would see uh gobert landing no um i mean i'm sure they'd want to trade him outside the conference um i don't know maybe like a chicago new york some team with a bunch of young assets yeah, what I'm about Brooklyn? You send him to Brooklyn for like maybe Cassis Levert or something, or maybe go get a couple of that, and then Brooklyn gets KD, Kyrie, and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that would work. Maybe three awesome not very uh, guys <laughs> that fans don't really like. That'd yeah. be a fun little combo. Man, can you can you see the the mental? I, I man, I feel like the the locker room between Kyrie, KD, and Gobert. That is a lot of pride, man. That is a lot of uh, ego. Like even for an NBA locker room, that could be crazy. Just imagine Rudy Gobert <laughs> with KD. Oh my God, those two wingspans together, like down low on the block. If they put KD at the four and they have yeah. Rudy at the five, oh my God. All right, yeah. what's well, a what's up? No, they'd be nice. Uh, like Dan Witty and Karis. Kyrie is a weird fit anyway. And if you get Karis LeVert and Dinwiddie in the deal, I think he could make it work. All right, well, let's, uh, let's zoom back on uh, the Blazers a little bit more with some of this. Some other, uh, you know, guys that we could discuss whether or not they'll be on the roster next year. We saw Caleb Swanigan. Uh, we mentioned some things from him before as far as wanting to help around Portland, trying to find resources of where he could uh, put his time and money uh, into to do the most good for the most people. Uh, so shout out to him. Just really appreciate that. Something else that he had on Twitter a little while ago, Boiler Basketball asked if uh, if he could have one teammate, if Caleb Swanigan could have one teammate stay with him throughout his career, who would it be? Uh, pretty quickly, Biggie wrote back Mellow. No other response, no other like details in there, just Mellow straight up. Uh, and obviously, again, Ty, you and I have talked about with, I think, numerous guests, the surprising influence that Mello has had in the locker room here and how many of the players, both young and more established players, have really shown that they look up to him, not just on the court, but off the court and the influence that he's kind of given on the sideline. Uh, this has completely flown in the face, again, keeping with the theme of flipping perspectives 180 degrees, 
this has completely flown in the face of how I saw Mellow before he came to Portland. So it's been really uh, nice, a really nice part of this strange season for me is watching what he has done with the rest of the team. But what do you guys think about first Biggie and then Mellow going forward with the Blazers? Do you see either of them sticking around next year, Michael? Um, I don't do we. I don't know how Swanigan's option or team or player or whatever. I would to retain him. I don't think he brings a lot to the table. Um, you would not? I would not. I think he just kind of plays because we're so banged up in the front court. Uh, as, <laughs> yeah, not wrong. As for Melo, I would love to have him back. Uh, I wouldn't love to have him as a starter. Uh, if he accepts the bench role, I think he's pretty poor on defense. And I love what he does for the locker room. I think he's a like shot. What's that phrase? Shit, lightning in a pan or something? Lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> giving you instant offense, but um, like I mean, I don't know where we go with Ariza, but if like Dame, CJ, Zach Collins, Nurk, or like Jeremy Grant or Montrez Harrell at the four or something like that, you just need to fill in the three, and I don't want that to be Carmelo. I would love it to be um, like. Rodney Hood, if he can Rodney come Hood, back. Trevor yeah. Ariza, if we keep him. We just need some defense there if we're going to have Dame and CJ as our continual starting backcourt. Yeah, and at this point, again, I, again, I think we touched on this in recent episodes, but I feel like there's not as not nearly as much push to move CJ uh, after the way this season has gone. Even again, from what we were thinking just a little while ago, what it could be. As far as a reason next year, I'm believe yeah there you go he has one more year on contract looks like i think another 12 8 uh partial guarantee so we could see ariza back we could see hood healthy and if either of those happen i'm with you i would love to see mellow coming off the bench another year with him here uh and you know biggie i think what did i just see he has it's a club option for the blazers next year on him so that's basically dead money i don't think we have to worry too much uh ty how do you feel uh i know you're a huge caleb swanigan fan right i mean are you pushing for him over here um yeah i mean like i <laughs> like him he's a cool dude uh i was able to chat with him a lot during his rookie year uh but i'm with michael i don't think the team brings him back he doesn't bring much to the table in this day and age i think maybe if this was 10 12 years ago uh he'd find a role mm. but right now um i think he played minutes because I think the team really just needed him to and respect him because he busted his ass and he played fantastic. He had a lot of like really good moments, but I just don't see him doing that consistently over time. And I think even like guy like Wyndon Gabriel might even take up those minutes going forward when Collins comes back, when Nurkic comes back and maybe like you go pick up a four in free agency. Um, I don't see him back, but Mello, I don't know. Um, I could see him coming back. And I think that'd be really cool to have him back for a full season. I think it'd be cool to have him and Ariza as like nice veteran wings. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know going forward um, what the team does. Like I said, like this delay really, I think is going to really mix up what the Blazers were planning on doing. Like front office wise, I think they were really planning on testing a lot of stuff. And now with this, they got to kind of try and put it together. So um, selfishly, I want Melo to come back because I want a legend on the team. And also, I was not able to see him live in person, even though Keith oh, really? gave me plenty of opportunities and I just kept shutting <laughs> him down. Shout out to me. So I need him to come back so I can uh, watch him play in a Trailblazers uniform because I had tickets to, I think it was the Mavericks game that ended up getting canceled. Oh, so man. that was going to be my, my time to see it. So uh, I want to see him back for that reason but if financially or fit wise it doesn't make sense then yeah we can't have him back 
Well, uh, Mello is also an un unrestricted free agent next year. So it's possible, man. Again, he seems to have really loved his time here. His mindset really seems to have kind of changed from some of the things we heard and kind of the general media perception or, or perspective they put out there uh, as far as what he was looking for. And again, this is not just perspective. We knew that he turned down an offer to come to Portland even a couple years ago, partly because he didn't want to be away from his family, partly because he didn't want to leave New York. If, if his mindset has switched more towards something that fits more up here in the Northwest in Portland, then yeah, I could totally see him back next year. And boy, the thought of, after all the years that Portland has struggled on the wing, the thought of having Carmelo Anthony uh, and Trevor Ariza backing up Rodney Hood, that's beautiful. That'd be amazing. And especially if we do have a healthy Nurk, um, and can find some fours. Zach Collins and, you know, let's, again, get Montrez Harrell up here on the Blazers, man. Uh, everyone, go tweet at Monstatrez, M-O-N-S-T-A-T-R-E-Z-Z, -Z, I think. That's that's Montrez Harrell. Get get at him. Get him on the Blazers. Because I'm sure, as we all know, Twitter Twitter uh, people <laughs> people tweeting at a player is what's going to sway him uh, coming to Portland. Oh, you know it. Hey, actually, <laughs> now, real quick, because of this whole coronavirus thing and, you know, things might be different going forward, even just like in cities, Yep. Maybe teams or players don't want to go to bigger cities anymore because of, oh. they're scared of maybe getting sick or maybe this virus. And now Portland and these smaller city markets start to get the free agents and all the guys who want to protect their families. They come out here and they go and move out to the country. And they, There we go. Yeah. And they yeah. are away from people, but they also get to play in a city and they just drive in and out because we can do that here. But with most places, you can't. So maybe smaller markets going forward will be the place to be. So it was, it was a small city conspiracy, is what you're saying. This whole, <laughs> yes. this whole. Thing. Oh, yes. Oh, that's horrible. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Let's let's keep talking futures here, though. Uh, Ty, you mentioned a second ago, Wenyan Gabriel. You you, so you feel pretty solid about him with uh, with Portland going forward. As far again, you know, Biggie is just not the fit, but Wenyan is a much more kind of prototypical, I think, power forward that we that we would want, right? Yeah, the smaller he can body, play the length. Four, and he can also play three. Uh, he's more of an energy guy. He played well defensively. I, I mean, like, I think, well, like, I mean, for a rookie or not rookie, like a one-year pro, but I think as he gets over time, like he'll get used to playing more like one-on-one -on -one defense against these guys. But I think he has potential and I think he really showed out for the Blazers and maybe like even impressed them more. So I think they try and hold on to him for another year and see what they can get out of him. Cause I think they really are confident with their player uh, development system. And like guys like with Gary Trent, they see it with like Jake Lehman, with Pat Connington, like with Simons and Gary Trent just going forward. So now I think with a guy like Gabriel, um, I think if they can get him in a system for a full year and now with this delay, they can get him, like send him more films and more stuff to work on and just kind of mold him more. I think they uh, can find a player in him. So I hope they do keep Gabriel going forward. I could see him, man. Yeah, I, I could see him having a pretty good fit here. What do you think, Michael? Do you see uh, anything that I, again, when in Gabriel, I think when we, we had you on last uh, was right after that game down in L.A., was it not? Where we saw Wenyan's debut with Portland, where after only playing something like 12 games with the Kings, he comes out here and in the first quarter just looked super dominant against like LeBron even down in the paint. There were some really good highlights, I think, from him his first game down there in L.A. I love Wenyan Gabriel. The first play of that Laker game, he just came and swatted the shit out of JaVale off the back yeah, court. That's right. It was incredible. <laughs> I, I like looked at my buddy and I was like, who the hell is Wenyan Gabriel? <laughs> right. We all were saying that. But he's a uh, he's the he's the side like he's got the body of like a Giannis or a, of like a Pascal Siakam or yeah. six nine rangy as hell he's bouncy and obviously he's yeah. incredibly raw right now but 
I mean, he was a five-star recruit. He was first. He was first round out of Kentucky, right? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think, I think it was. It, like it was either first round or like maybe like really early second round. But yeah, he was a, like a five-star recruit. Yeah, highly rated. I mean, in, in today's NBA, if, even if you can't shoot, if you're athletic, you, you can move your feet in the pick and roll and defend multiple positions. Yep. Valuable. So I would love to see Portland just kind of develop Winning Gabriel. I think there's a lot of upside there. Yeah, dude. He's like you said. He's that prototype for the Giannis, the uh, the Pascal Siakam. I, that's, and that's the kind of player. Again, we talked about Portland's historic lack of wing depth. That would just be a player that would be so valuable for us going forward, especially to get on a young uh, development part of his career and and young or early contract as well. My words are working great today. Uh, <laughs> one other player, though, I want to touch on before we get out of here. And again, Michael, thank you so much for the time, man. Really good to see and talk to you about all of this. Uh, Anthony Simons, a little over a year ago. It was a year ago from yesterday that Ant had his game against the Kings where he played the full 48 minutes. And I don't have the stat line in front of me right now. I should have looked that one up. But it was like 37, say, 9, and 8 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, one way or another, Simon set a very high bar for the fan base, for the front office, uh, followed up then by the summer where Neil made ridiculous claims about what he was going to be going forward. And Dame even went as far as to support that. Now we get a, most of a season uh, of viewing and sample size after that. Uh, where is your bar being placed now, Michael, as far as Anthony Simons? Because I feel like there needs to be some adjustment after that, uh, that hype. My bar was never as high as everybody else's. I, um, I don't think he understands how to play high level basketball yet. Like he, all of the tools are there. Like he's super athletic. He can shoot. He's long, but I mean, you look at Gary Trent, Gary Trent played a year at Duke as a starter that went so far being, being coached by coach Mike Krzyzewski for an entire season. He just seems to lack so many instincts and just understand how to run an offense, understand how to like deal with certain defensive coverages. Like he, he came into the season and he was he started off great. He had a huge game against the Clippers, this and that. Right. But then all of a sudden there was film on him and he just he couldn't do anything right. And like we Jason Quick had an article about how Simons was so frustrated and he expects so much out of himself. But I mean, I'm still very, very in on on his development and keeping him as Dame's backup. I think he works really hard. Everybody says he's a gym rat. He's always working on his game. I think he'll get there. I just think people need to be really patient because not even having a year of college experience is pretty brutal. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and the key there is the idea that he went to IMG Academy instead of playing in the NCAA. So while he was able to maybe focus on basketball at IMG, he didn't have the uh, the competition necessarily in the same way to go up against without all the all the all the colleges, uh, all the college competition. But. Yeah, that's that's just development that he has yet to get. It doesn't mean it's development that he can't get. Uh, and like you said, he works hard in the gym. Kids got bounce from everything that we see. All the all the sideline and practice videos from Casey Holdall and others, and articles from Jason Quick, like you said. Uh, there's a lot of potential for Simons, but I am I am curious what happens next year, and I'm I'm curious to know what you think, Ty, as far as does the fan base make any effort to kind of back things off or no, I'm sorry, not fan base. Does the front office, does the franchise make any effort to kind of back things off after all the overhype or do they just kind of maybe just let it sit and risk fans coming in next season? And be like, all right, Anthony, where's it at now? You know, I think they'd be smart to kind of back it off to realize he's still really young. And for you to continue to put this much pressure on him might crack him. Uh, you just really need to make, maybe be patient with him. 
and just maybe take the not loss, but just realize, yeah, like we maybe jumped the gun on this a little bit. He had a really good game. We see flashes of stuff, but all of a sudden, like we can't expect him to do what Seth Curry did for us the year before. Um, I think that was a little bit foolish, but I think we all bought into it. I was really high on Simon's uh, just coming into the year, and I'm still really high on his game. Uh, but yeah, like I think they'd be smart to not like say anything out like or just come out and like talk about like, being disappointed with him but i think yeah it's like not really talk about him much going into this next year and just like let him develop and play and and then maybe like the story be about collins and nurkic coming back hood's development as a like like our office injury or and then maybe get it on like gary trent jr uh and then just like take the pressure off simons and see if that helps him a little bit yeah, when and I think Gary Trent, we didn't even really talk about him yet, but he's been one of the best surprises this season. Uh, again, besides what I did mention about loving the surprise of having Melo on the team and Trevor Ariza, let's let's spread some uh, some credit, some due respect around there. But Gary Trent, man, another young piece that we have here, and he is basically the opposite of Simon's, where he has had almost no hype and came out of nowhere, really lit up this season. So I'm curious. Oh, how about that? As far as wrapping this topic up, who do you think? We'll have a better 2020 season. Let's put that out there right now. Who produces better on paper next year, Simons or Trent? Who? I will say Gary Trent. Going with Trent. Michael, what do you think? Do you think uh, Anthony gets over that hurdle? Just a sample size. It looks like Trent. Trent can shoot like two for 13 in a game, but he can still change things defensively. He's a dog. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. so smart. Like he like knows when to cut, like he knows where to run on fast breaks, like to really like go to the corners. Like he just does all the little things. And that is the beneficiary of having a dad who played in the NBA, who was also a workhorse, who was a dog, just like Gary. So I think, yeah, he impacts the game all, like just so many ways. And I think the guys really like having him on the court. So yeah, I think he'll get maybe more of a shot right away. And I could see him playing uh, just more minutes. Is some of this too, though, the different, again, I, we, I've been talking about expectations here, but not just that, but the role. I mean, Anthony Simons, Gary Trent is, I think, being expected to be more of that uh, spot like up shooter, corner shooter and, and defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where Anthony Simons has to learn more of what Dame is doing and what CJ is trying to do as well. Uh, you know That's what I mean? hard as far to as do. The offense. Yeah, there's more There's more to maybe his uh, his skill set that he's trying to develop. And he, again, might be starting from a place where he's a little behind in the uh, development against high-level competition, like you said, Michael. Uh, well, I'm, I'm curious. I don't think you're wrong, though, that Trent is a little more polished right now, and he probably looks like he has a little more set for next season, at least at the start. We will see where it finishes. Uh, and maybe just to be contrarian with you guys, I'm going to say Anthony Simons is going to have a better near, uh, year next year. Shout out to Brenda since I'm I like starting it. over all my words now. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I mean, for the Blazers, I think they'd be smart to go get a real point guard, like maybe someone who is more of like a facilitator and let Simons be a two more of the time. Yes, let him like maybe handle the ball like CJ does with Dame, like where it's not all the time, but it's just brief moments because maybe Simons isn't really the playmaker or passer, but he's a more of a scorer and get going. So I think if they can go find maybe a more of a point guard who will get him good looks i think that could really help simon's going forward because i just think maybe he's not going to be uh dame he might be oh, more cj scoring oh. going forward now see that's interesting okay michael i we're, we're wrapping this up and i know i'm not trying to keep you too long thank you again for sticking around here but uh that i i, I gotta ask you about that one or at least just throw what you're saying there tie over to michael because i feel like gary trent is who we're expecting to be the cj again right he, he's the he's the off guard 
And man, if Anthony Simons has got to be more of that second guard to some, to another point guard, I feel like, ooh, it almost makes me wince a little the idea of Portland needing to pull in another point guard uh, when again we've been talking about needing a forward and all this and trying to focus uh, focus the pickup there. What do you think? I don't know. Do you see Simons more of a second guard going forward? Is that what you're saying, Ty? I see him. Yeah, like I mean, like I just don't know. Like the next, I mean, like I mean, like. Like with him, like he just struggled so much with like being a playmaker. So I think yeah. they need to test it and maybe go get like a point guard or go get a forward who can be more of a point forward, like that Evan Turner oh, role. Okay. Someone more back to that. And I think that maybe that was playing with Rodney Hood, but somebody who can just have the ball more than Simons and let him work off ball. I think that'll be good for him to see if that's more the fit with him. Because right now, just with his youngness and with like his lack of going against like high level defenders, I just don't think he can be the guy like to put, I mean, or just like the guy like to run the offense. Okay, well, well, yeah, we'll see how, uh, we'll see what happens, man. Maybe having to reshape Simon's entire role. This could be a whole new topic while we have no basketball to talk about and dive deep on. Well, uh, well, cool, guys. Well, thank you. I appreciate all of your time. And uh, listeners, if you have any of your own quarantine situations, I want to hear all about it. What is your craziest story so far that's been happening? What are you doing to stay healthy, stay fit, stay sane? All those things. And I guess, too, uh, another good question to throw out there. Do you want basketball? What, what, what were we saying earlier? Uh, basketball back or starting on time for next year or Lakers winning the ch- no what oh that's it? what it was <laughs> yeah. yeah Lakers win the championship <laughs> would you rather have Lakers win the championship or just move on to the next season I'm saying move on to the next season man I'm with you Michael <laughs> just move on so we can start on time next year yeah all right well let's move on okay. as well let's uh let's move on so we can start the next pod in time so I can get this little edit and get out of here Thank you, listeners. Remember, you can always write us about anything at any time, preferably Blazers and basketball. We will take all of your quarantine talk. Uh, Ty, if they are writing us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those social medias, where can they write us at? They can write us at Trailcasters. And they can also write, reach me at Rip City Keith, you at Ty Delbridge. And Michael, where can they find you at on, on the social medias? At M. Bodner. And see, that's why I thought that was the email, because that's the Twitter handle. I got it right now. <laughs> and Ty, if they were looking to send us any of those old school 1940s emails. Love those the go? emails. They can send us those emails at trailcasters at gmail.com. You can always find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere that you get your podcast. What are we always looking for? Cinco stars. I should Cinco. probably realize I to say stars, but it's fine. <laughs> but five stars. Cinco stars. Give us all the five stars. <laughs> One of all. <laughs> Write us a little review. <laughs> All right. And and these beats, you can always find these beats from Odar at soundcloud.com slash wait. At yep. Where? I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> soundcloud.com slash Odar Beats. Oh, always yeah. support your local beat makers. Thank you to Clearly Speaking as well. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. Thank you, Odar, for those fat beats. Thank you to uh and <laughs> Thank you to Clearly Speaking. And, of course, thank you to Michael Bodmer of ESPN's The Jump for joining us today. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Wash your awesome. hands. See you guys.